from what I heard about, you know, y'all's practice, that is the one of the attractive things about your practice is that you have a, a lot of different types of treatment and therapy available kind of under one roof. Um, and that, that helps us as lawyers, I think, because I don't want to be the quarterback of my client's treatment. I mean, I don't think that that's yeah. really the proper thing to do. And so where there's, you know, where there's, you know, one kind of central source of, of being able to kind of direct the care and everything is very helpful just for the, I think, the, the client and the lawyer. The Concussion Center proudly presents Talking Heads, a podcast based on all things related to head injuries. This is not just a show about concussion. In this series, we take an in-depth look at the brain and its function, specifically after there is trauma. Hosted by Brent Jones, Antonio Walden, and Dr. Robert Allen, Talking Heads was created to give a realistic perspective to head injuries. So sit back, relax, and let us fill your head with brain knowledge. I know we mentioned DTI earlier, um, but outside of DTI, what's one piece of technology around head injuries that you are really excited to see coming to the forefront? Well, I guess it kind of goes along with the DTI, but um, I love the neuroquant testing. Um, I know that that's something that, you know, I guess is done through the MRI too, but uh, you know, that's what measures the symmetry between the lobes uh, to determine maybe where specifically in the lobes there are some abnormalities. And I think that it's super helpful and convincing for a jury way beyond even just like the, D- the DTI because you're able to match up to the jury, you know, the findings on the neuroquant and the lobes that the abnormalities are found in with the functions that that lobe, you know, controls. And you can match that up with the symptoms that the patient or the client is having. And so I thought in my trial that that was a hugely persuasive uh, piece of evidence for us to be able to use that neuroquant along with the you know subjective complaints. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the, the that information is extremely, uh, you know, is extremely important. And uh, as technology from an imaging standpoint uh, <laughs> becomes uh, more and more readily available, and is obviously enhancing over the years, I think. Uh, it will also provide a lot more, you know, a lot more insight from that structural damage. Can you, from which obviously what, a, what an, uh, you know, an MRI or imaging is, is looking at the structural damage. Um, and. Uh, gotcha. Dr. Allen, last time we were talking, you mentioned um, some new technology around headaches that you were looking into. Yeah, there's some new things um, that we look more at the, the management of headaches from um, transcranial modulation. Uh, there's there's something called cephaly is one device. Uh, it's a neuromodulator. So it uses very, very, very low electrical stimulation uh, to try and help manage um, some, some of these pain uh, issues that patients have. The nice thing about it is it is uh, available for use at home. Get one, you know, get prescribed one, put it on your head at home. You start to have a headache. You don't have to take any meds or anything like that. So it's, a, it's another option for, uh, you know, these headaches that, that patients are having where they don't necessarily have to rely on medication. And, you know, that being said, medication for headaches is, is always, you know, it's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a different route for people to take because, mm-hmm. you know, rightfully so some people don't want to try meds for everything. So. Yeah. So the doctor, the, oh, the ahead, I was just going to ask, do you, do you see something like that device simulation? Do you think, do you see that become more becoming more the norm? Um, as, as, you know, 
research develops in uh, in head injuries for treatment for, for looking at different different areas of treatment? You know, it's a, that's a great question. I think it um, I think it depends a lot on the person, right? Headaches are very very unique uh, animals, um, especially migraines, uh, just because how they affect people is is so different. So um, I would like to see it become you know, become more readily available and more accepted. I just think that one of the hurdles is, uh, of course, going to be just getting it out to the general population. You know, is it easier to, for a doctor to treat a migraine with, uh, um, you know, a prescription for an abortive medication or preventative medication, or is it easier for them to write a script and then, you know, patients got to go online, uh, purchase a device kind of thing. So I think it's good to present the options to patients. Hopefully patients will be um, you know, accepting of that new technology that comes out um, and, and we see some real benefit from it. So I think it's a little too early on in the game to say right now, but I would love to see it become more readily available and more used with patients. Great. So question, Dr. Allen, I've been reading a couple articles and they, they've been saying that things like fatty fishes are brain foods. Is that really a scientifically sound statement to make? Um, I mean, y- yes. Uh, you know, omega-3 is a good, uh, is very, very good for you. Uh, omega-3 is great. The other thing that we use a lot is B12 vitamin. Mm-hmm. Um, so B12 vitamin is, is very, very helpful for, for people that are uh, going through cognitive issues, cognitive function, memory problems. So there's a lot of things out there that we can try and use that are more on the, you know, it's called holistic side of things, right? Not a, not a compound in medication, but um, we typically here will try B12 with patients uh, to see if that does help with cognitive function. Um, you know, B12 is, is one of those things that can fluctuate wildly in people's bodies and, and uh, um, it's not often diagnosed initially, right? You can, you can see it uh, um, down the road once people start ruling out other things. I mean, great example, we had a family friend that started having extreme cognitive issues, right? This guy's a dentist, smart, healthy, um, and uh, you know, slurring his words, having some facial drooping, started having drop foot, all this kind of stuff. B12 deficiency was all it was. Okay, he got his B12 back up, and he was he was ready to rock and roll. So we can see how important it is, and in, in uh, uh, the function of the body, and and you know, especially um, in the case of a head injury, one of those reasons potentially being right with a with a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, we have a higher need for the brain to have these uh, uh, different things that it needs to, you know, for lack of a better term, eat, right? To keep its energy up there. But in the in initial stages, we've got a lower threshold of food coming to the brain, okay? So we can kind of boost that a little bit. Then um, that, that can help patients tremendously. I mean, we look at caloric intake for moderate and severe TBI patients. And, you know, when they're, when they're inpatient, uh, they, we typically recommend at least a 40% increase in the daily caloric intake just because of the amount of nutrients that they're going to need in that, in, in those initial stages. Gotcha. And I brought that up because my secret informant also told me that, um, attorney Snyder is always at Umi. So I was just wondering if the sushi, if the sushi intake <laughs> would be a beneficial cre- factor. <laughs> It's what I'll, the brain what power is, over there. What I'll say is this, is if we start getting gift cards from Umi, then yeah, I'll, I'll recommend it for snowboarding. I would never do, <laughs> never do that. So if the next podcast is sponsored by Umi, we know we did a good job. <laughs> That's well, funny. Um, I have, I, appreciate- I have, I have, a, I have yes, a question for, for Bethany. Um, but, um, in your opinion, Bethany, is, 
is having clients not only diagnosed, but actually going through treatment and showing improvement in their symptoms. Do you feel like that is important to uh, a case? If this was a client, if it was a client that you were representing. So not only having the diagnostic portions to identify, uh, you know, what the diagnosis may be at that point in time, but actually going through um, a treatment regimen, um, whether, you know, it's therapies of some sort to uh, over extended period of time, and then getting retested, is that important to the outcome of a, of a TBI case in your opinion? So obviously, because we're dealing with real people uh, in these cases, you always want them to be able to get the best care and treatment and their you know, health is the first priority. Um, and that's how I, I usually approach it um, because I don't want to be making med- you know, medical decisions based on the case. I want them yeah. to- they can do to get better. You know, I would say for our our TBI cases that have significant value, they're the ones that can be shown that there was, you know, a vast amount of, you know, a number of different treatment options provided to the patient. However, the person's not getting, not getting better. And that, you know, a doctor can say to a reasonable degree of medical certainty that this is kind of what the status for the rest of the person's life. And in fact, Um, most likely the person will continue to deteriorate over time with age and have an increased risk for Alzheimer's and dementia. I think that that is probably the most valuable of case. Now, do I want my clients to find out that they're not better? No. Um, And so clearly if there are treatment options, I I always encourage my, my clients to do any treatment options that are given to them. Number one for the case, you know, or number one for their health, but also for the case, because I think that if you're offered treatment options and you don't do it, then I think that looks bad. Um, yeah. you know, certainly, I do think that a traumatic brain injury uh, is more valuable when um, there have been, um, uh, you know, a lot of, like there have been a, a number of uh, issues identified in a lot of different types of treatment, you know, uh, recommended, right? I think that I, my traumatic brain injuries where I have the person is recommended for cognitive rehab, vestibular rehab, you know, ENT for tinnitus, uh, you know, uh, counseling for, you know, anxiety, depression. Those are the cases that I say, oh, well, um, you know, the, I think, you know, I can show that, um, sorry, that this is, um, you know, really affecting, a, you know, an broad spectrum of, of the client's life and functioning. Um, so I do think that, you know, it's helpful to kind of have versus I think what you're saying, which is just the person goes to the neurologist and offered medicine, you know, yeah. definitely ha- having a broader scope of referrals and a broader scope of treatment actually, you know, for each specific symptom they're experiencing is very helpful and identifying all the different ways that this is impacting their function. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And obviously we want to, in all these cases, you want to do what's most important for the patient. So I, I do, we completely understand that doing a thorough diagnosis of the patient and making all any and all available recommendations that hopefully the patients do uh, you know, act on those uh, on those recommendations um, so that they can, you know, hopefully improve their quality of life over time. And I think that, you know, from what I've heard about, you know, y'all's practice, that is the one of the attractive things about 
your practices that you have a, a lot of different types of treatment and therapy available kind of under one roof. Um, and that, that helps us as lawyers, I think, because I don't want to be the quarterback of my client's treatment. I mean, I don't think that that's yeah. really the proper thing to do. And so where there's, you know, where there's, you know, one kind of central source of, of being able to kind of direct the care and everything is very helpful just for the, I think the, the client and the lawyer. Yeah, uh, it, we we completely agree. And that's obviously one of the reasons why we focused on our facility. We still have some growing to do, right? There's some other areas uh, that we want to get really, you know, we want to be experts in and we want to grow in. But, um, w- you know, we're just excited to be able to work with attorneys, uh, you know, like yourself, who who are really putting the patients first and are understanding that these are real world problems. And we appreciate, um, not you just obviously joining the podcast and talking with us today, uh, but you know, being an advocate for head injuries and being an advocate for these, um, these, the, these patients and these types of injuries, because in our opinion, um, it sounds like we all share, they, they have been, you know, underdiagnosed for years and years and years. Um, and I think we all have our opinions on why that may be the case. And maybe all our opinions are correct in that, but it's, uh, it, it's exciting to see that people are finally starting to uh, shine a light on this un- underserved population, if you will. All right. Um, well, I think that about sums it up. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts? Yeah, I was going to ask Bethany. Bethany, you have anything for us? I mean, obviously, we've been grilling you with a question. To, sorry, the sunlight is like absolutely creeping on me here. So I'm just like moving <laughs> around my dining room right now. <laughs> um, any questions that you have for us that you yeah. know, we could, you know, could help you out with? I guess, I guess well... It's just an interesting issue in what I see kind of from the legal perspective in the legal case that I get asked about a lot versus what you guys might think, you know, from the medical perspective. But a big thing that I get asked about is like, well, what can we do be doing early on, you know, to identify these? And, and my answer usually is, well, because 90 to 95% of these get better over time, I don't necessarily know that it's in the best interest of the client or the patient to go get a bunch of treatment for something that could resolve on its own. And so what I typically recommend is go get the initial diagnosis of a concussion. Have somebody that you're reporting on a consistent basis, you know, your continuing symptoms over that course of time. Then at the year mark, if you're still experiencing, you know, these kinds of symptoms, if they're still interfering with your life, that's when I would, you know, really kind of go full, full steam ahead in getting the treatment for what's potentially a permanent injury. I guess from a medical perspective, is that something you guys agree with or do you have a difference of opinion in that? Um, the sooner we can get our hands on a patient, the better their outcomes are gonna be. So we know that, um, you know, for example, the re- return to work, return to play, some of some of the most valuable stuff for that is how quickly uh, can, they, can they be diagnosed and how quickly can they start progressing through kind of a regular um, for lack of a better term, regular battery for, uh, of therapies, right? Um, you know, the, the, you're, you're absolutely spot on with the 90 to 95% of these get better, right? Um, we typically start to see our patients here after 30 days because now we have, we have a, a, a time frame of, okay, it's been 30 days, the patient's not getting better. Let's start talking about doing something, right? One of the things that we run into is, is we love getting patients in the week that, that an accident happened. However, like you said, a lot of these things are going to resolve. Can we, can we diagnose you with PTSD? No. Can we diagnose you with an anxiety disorder? No. 
you know, so, so can we diagnose you with whiplash? Sure. But does that mean your dizziness is coming from that or somewhere else? Right. We can start to do these things, but it does, um, limit us just a little bit because so much of this will resolve on its own. Now we do want to get folks better. Right. And I think that it's kind of a, I think it is something that people and the medical side of things need to be better about saying, do these things and see if you start getting better, right? Start doing these kind of therapies. You know, uh, a, a big thing that we use is basically, um, right? I want you to, it's, it's kind of like a, what can make your symptoms happen, right? So if you say that when I get up and I walk around for five minutes, then I start to get dizzy or I feel like my memory's going or something like that, right? Okay, well, that's, what's that? Identifying the triggers. Exactly, right? So let's, if that's your, if that's your threshold, then what do we want to do? We want to get you right under that threshold and see if we can start moving that time frame, you know, further out. So now it's 10 minutes until symptoms start. Now it's 15, as well as lessen the symptoms when they happen, right? That's our, that's our return to work, return to play, uh, kind of, kind of at the get go. So, you know, intensive therapies of, of sessions of cognitive function therapy of, of, you know, intensive vestibular or balance rehab, those kind of things. You're right. We need to give that a, a chance to see what's going to happen. Um, so I, I would say, though, <laughs> excuse me, I would like to see patients just a little bit earlier on in the process. Um, and, and the other thing, too, that we run into so much is people get in an accident and they just go home. They don't want to go to the ER. They don't want to deal with it. This will get better. Well, it's been six or eight weeks. I still feel terrible. Let's go see somebody, you know. So it's kind of a mixture, I think, of, of, of all of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Uh, any other questions, Bethany, you got for us? No, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. Yeah, um, thank you. Antonio, are you going to reveal the, the, the source or what? I mean, I think no. I know. I, no, I, I think I'm like, have to my, call you out. I don't reveal my sources, sir. Uh -huh. if, I, if I reveal my sources, I no longer will have sources. It sounds like you just <laughs> talked to the hostess at UMI. It sounds like what you did. No. <laughs> is that, is person, that what it was? No, I'm just glad she didn't give away any worse secrets. <laughs> yeah, this is true. No, I specifically asked for it for things that would be fun to talk about. So I kept those secrets out of the mix. <laughs> Georgia and <laughs> me are definitely good things. Yes. The last thing I want to do is have an attorney of your caliber and I'd be on their bad side. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> well, but guys, if you I need some you... stuff on if you need some stuff on Antonio, just let us know. I mean, <sighs> Pretty Friends, easy. How his many rap of us have them? His, his rap sheet <laughs> is pretty bad. How'd Friends, you get hired, anyways? Ones we can depend on. That's right. <laughs> oh man, well, I appreciate you guys' time. Um, I let you get back into your day. Um, this has been another episode of the Talking Heads, and everybody out there listening, watch your head. Thank you for listening to Talking Heads. This podcast has been brought to you by the Concussion Center. We appreciate the opportunity to fill your brain with some new information regarding head injuries. If you have any additional topics you would like us to cover, please reach out to us on our various social media platforms at the Concussion Center or hit us up on our website at concussionctr.com.